This Week on the Wager Pager podcast. Update on Congress. Are they going to implement some federal oversight into sports gambling? We have the latest coming out of Washington, D.C. VSIN with a huge announcement today. We'll tell you what the Vegas Stats and Information Network just announced. Hint, it has something to do with the state of New Jersey. This week, we are joined with Colby Dand. He is the college football expert from the Sports Gambling Podcast and host of his own show called The College Experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We talk about his career as a sports gambling podcaster, his process when it comes to picking games, and he fills us in on the Dantabase Top 25. And it's October, and you know what that means, Major League Baseball playoffs. We check in with our guy, Mark, in California to talk series picks and American League game ones. And former Marist College defensive back and current Wager Pager sports gambling analyst, Jimmy Dice Rulin, returns to recap our picks from last week and make our selections for College Football Week 6 and NFL Week 5. Get pumped, get psyched. It's the Wager Pager podcast. Here we go. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Wager Pager podcast, where we talk about everything in the world of sports gambling news and give out picks and analysis. I am your host, Chris Rogers. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at the Wager Pager, and I'm here with my co-host and girlfriend, Mercedes Barba. And hold on, let me get a sip of my beer because I like beer. I like beer, and I drink beer. I still drink beer. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Hey, guys. It's Mercedes Barba here. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at Mercedes Bianca. Big news coming out of Vegas. The Vegas Stats and Information Network, VSIN, announced today that they are opening a new studio in, guess where, New Jersey, in Atlantic City. What? <laughs> yep. The new studio will be located at the Ocean Resort Casino on the New Jersey Boardwalk, and it will kick off a new live weekend morning show that's set to launch later this month. Former NFL executive Michael Lombardi and current VEASAN host Jonathan Von Tobel will be the anchors of the new show. So VSIN, in case you guys aren't familiar, is the first sports media company that provides news, analysts, and data to its audience of sports gambling Americans. You can check out VSIN on Sirius XM Radio, Fubo TV, and online on its website. The weekend morning show will air Saturdays and Sundays starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Super exciting stuff. And I hear they're going to be reporting live from the Oceans Resort Casino. Yep, yep. I assume in similar fashion to the way they do at the South Point in Las Vegas. Exactly. That is so freaking cool. Yep. Can't wait for that. Anyone at uh, VSIN who's listening right now, uh, Mercedes and I are available. <laughs> yep. And we're close by. All right, guys, shifting gears here. After one canceled hearing back in June, Congress finally met for the first time one week ago to discuss if sports betting guidelines should be implemented on the federal level. Yeah. There was testimony from both sides, and although nothing was set in stone, many of it hinted that federal action might be coming. The hearing was held by the Subcommittee on Crime, Terrorism, Homeland Security, and Investigations. The NCAA and major professional sports leagues have said in the past that they do not want federal guidelines. But the NFL was at the hearing and announced one of its major concerns is sports integrity and the integrity of the game. Attending on behalf of the NFL was Jocelyn Moore, an NFL spokeswoman who urged Congress to limit gambling to 21 and older and argued that Congress require that sports betting operators be required to use official data from the leagues to settle any wagers. 
Moore also said it wants to bar in-game bets. No! Yep, yep, she said it. That are particular to match-fixing. No! It also wants more enforcement against illegal bookies. Yeah, good luck with that. (laughs) Uh, The other side says that the states will be able to regulate sports betting. Even the American Gaming Association said federal oversight isn't needed since strict regulations are already in place. That's all we know for now. We will keep you posted, as usual, if anything changes. Okay, guys, we have a special bonus segment this week about Major League Baseball playoffs. Here's a really cool interview with Mark in California. Call is now being recorded. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Wager Pager podcast. As you know, we are primarily a football and basketball podcast, but we are degenerates, and the Major League Baseball playoffs did start this week, so I got my buddy on the line here. This is Mark in California. He's a baseball betting analyst. What's up, dude? Hey, man. How's it going? Very good, man. Uh, looking to take some action this uh, Major League Baseball playoff season, and we're happy to have you on the podcast to uh, kind of lead the way. Awesome, man. Well, if there's plenty of action to go around, it should be a lot of fun. We're hoping for that uh, Yankees-Dodgers World Series we didn't get last year. And there's a lot of intrigue going, and I'm super stoked, man. So let's chop it up. What are we talking about? All right, let's uh, let's start off and just uh, get your picks here on the series. Let's start off in the National League. We got uh, Brewers minus 150 and Rockies plus 130. These games did go off tonight, so these lines might change a little bit. But who you like in this series? Well, spoiler alert, you know, uh, the Brewers took game one, luckily, because I actually like the Rockies coming into this series because of this, uh, you know, bullpen for the whole game that um, the Brewers are doing. It's really interesting, and uh, it's fun to watch if Craig Council can push the right buttons and all the relievers can, can you know, get through these high-pressure situations. Um, but the Brewers got the hottest dude in baseball right now. It's Christian Yelich, and... Uh, you know, they're trying to pitch around them, but they got into a situation where they couldn't today, and he hurt them. Um, so, really, I like the Rockies just on them, not sold on this Brewers, you know, coming into a series with only three starting pitchers, but it worked for them today. Um, they got the hottest player in baseball. I feel like they're going to be a much larger series favorite after today's result. Um, they'll probably be, you know, somewhere more up in the, you're going to be risking two to win one. So that's going to be tough to take on the, on the series. But, um, I don't know. If it gets that high, I kind of like the Rockies to come back. People tend to overreact to these, you know, first game, game one, game two at home for, you know, and, you know, you go down, but then you go back to your ballpark. And, um, the Rockies, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, the Brewers today, <clears throat> like, like I mentioned, I thought they got lucky because, you know, they're bringing their closer in for seven outs. That's a lot. And even if it works in game one or game two, you know, that's a lot of high-pressure situations for a lot. It's just a, for a lot of different relievers, a lot of things that have to go right. So, you know, Brewers could win tomorrow, and this series could be a wrap. But if this series goes later and later, I like the Rockies in, in the particular games. And I feel like after today's result, there's no choice but to make the Brewers a two-to-one favorite, you know something along those lines and at that price i like the rockies all right cool we're gonna switch over now to the second nl series we got the dodgers as a minus 260 favorite and the braves at plus 210 what do you who you liking in this series i'm coming in loving the dodgers tough price to risk but they've been mashing the ball coming in i love their pitching right now um all dodgers all Dodgers, very cool, man. You're not worried about Clayton Kershaw? It doesn't seem like he's the same old Kershaw 
No, he's not at all. In fact, the Dodgers went ahead and started Ryu in game one over Kershaw. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a gutsy move, but <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm liking that. I'm, I'm, I'm liking that affirmative decision, you know, showing that, that you're not scared to manage your team the way, um, the way that you feel is right. If anyone should have the finger on the pulse of the team, it should be the manager, right? And the beauty of that is the Dodgers win game one. Now Kershaw's coming in on house money, you know? I mean, what could be a, a less pressure situation than that? Also, I feel he does have a very dodgy, you know, history in the playoffs up until basically last year. Um, but I don't know. I just have a feeling that Kershaw is going to be solid, you know? I, I really do. I feel with all these question marks about him, and I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's just the time for him to step up, and the Dodgers have all the firepower. And the Braves looked very, very good early in the year. But they, I don't feel, you know, they haven't been playing meaningful baseball in a long time. Some of their key contributors are very young, which can work against you on a giant stage like this, whereas the Dodgers have some veterans who've been going to the playoffs year after year. You know, Justin Turner's a monster. Um, <clears throat> this kid Muncy's been smacking the hell out of the ball. So, so the, I mean, the price reflects it. And without deep pockets, it's tough to, to come out with a Dodgers series bet. Um, but I, I really don't give the Braves much of a chance in this series. Let's 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 switch over to the American League now. We got uh, the Houston Astros versus the Cleveland Indians. The Astros are minus one sixty favorite for the series. The Indians are plus one forty. Who you like? Love the Astros. Feels like a square play, a complete L seven. And you know, <laughs> my brain always wants to tell me why isn't this price higher? Why isn't this price higher? You know, they're using the reverse reverse psychology on yourself. Um, but I don't see the Astros losing. I, I really can't. They're just so tough, you know. They did it last year. Um, maybe you know the success has 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 made them less sharp. But I don't believe with that group of guys they're any less sharp. I think this is you know what they thrive on, what they live on. I love Perry Francona in the dugout on the other side, and and Indians have been so solid all year without anybody talking about them. And I, I think I would feel more confident, you know, on the Astros if it was a heavier, you know, if they were a bit of a heavier favorite. I always feel like I'm getting suckered into something, you know, but that's just my nature. It's horrible, but that's how I, that's how I think. But sometimes you got to kick all that noise out of your head and say, hey, the Astros are, are the Astros for a reason. You know, they're the defending champions. Verlander's who he is. You know, their lineup is who they are, and uh, I like them in the series at minus 160. I don't think that's um, I don't think that's high enough. And you know, if I'm going to take all the noise out of my head and just and just go with my heart, I'm going to take the Astros for that series. All right, cool. Moving on to the last and final divisional series uh, in the American League. Here we got the one everyone's waiting for: Yankees Red Sox. Hasn't happened in a very long time, but we're very stoked to do it. You got the evil empire squaring off with Red Sox Nation. Red Sox been great all year long. Finished off with 108 wins. Yankees, no slouches. Red Sox minus 155 on the series price. And the Yankees plus 135. Who you like? Oh, man. This is the toughest one because, full disclosure for the listeners, I'm a Yankee fan. And I'm Yankees through and through. And so, by nature, I can't stand the Red Sox. As we are here on the Wager Pager podcast, we are a Yankees baseball podcast. Make no mistakes about it. Oh, we're in good company. Uh, and, you know, as, as anyone who gambled on sports and have has been a fan of sports 
which is I think mostly the same the same numbers, you know, knows that when it when when it comes to your team, it's a double-edged sword because you're so in tune with your team and you can use that, you know, when your team's playing well and when you're not confident in your team and you know, if if you're really really into gambling and making money, then you can you can use it to fade your team when you're really not feeling them, but at the same time, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, there's always things coming into your head about about betting on your team. Remove my Yankee fanhood. I like the Yankees. I really do. There was a series there was a series where they effectively buried us and we clawed back and I thought that <clears throat> Aaron Boone was too quick with CC Sabathia's hook in game 1. And I do worry about him I do worry about his managing at the end of the day just because he's brand new. Um but however when I was willing to bury the Yankees because I was willing to bury Aaron Boone's decision making in that series, it's reactionary because I'm such a diehard Yankee fan. It's really only one game. Now it had huge implications for the season, but at the same time, it soured me on the Yankees, and I thought we cannot beat Boston in the series. But fast forward a couple months, all of our games have been meaningful. You know, we've been playing great yes, baseball. Judge is back. The lineup looks totally different, whether he's hitting or whether he isn't hitting. It changes everything. Smashed one last night. Smashed one last night. Mashed one. Um, courtesy of, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting that other pitcher's name, but that pitch was brought to you by Italian mother, grandmothers everywhere. That was Meatball Central. <laughs> I mean, he, 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 he could have placed that on a tee for him any better. And it was a huge, huge pitch in that game. If he doesn't throw that meatball, I mean, we might be zero-zero heading into the later innings instead of two-zero. It could, it, it could, it, it could be, you know, Severino doesn't have that two-run cushion and he doesn't pitch well, and and they're winning. So you know, right. but but I do not believe Boston will throw a pitch like that to Aaron Judge. And if you looked at the rest of his at bats for the rest of the night after said meatball. He wasn't really impressing anyone. And I mean when he's as cold, he, he looks as bad as 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 anyone ever could. Giancarlo, once again, has a reputation amongst Yankee fans of hitting the bombs when when it doesn't really matter too much. And he mashed that one late in the game. Mattered to some over under players, I'll tell you that. Oh god, anyone with the under last night I feel so bad for. I mean that was that was that was heartbreak on top of heartbreak. Hand up. Hand up, right here. Hand up. I was on that shit. So I like the Yankees. I re- I really do like the Yankees. I like the Yankees. There's a lot of things that I don't like about them, but I feel that it's a lot of them are because it's my fan and my fanhood, and and I'm too much into it. If I was separated, if I was separating all of that, I would like the Yankees as an underdog. I really would. All right, guys. This is my guy Mark in California, my dude who I rely on for baseball betting. He's going for the series. He likes the Rockies. He likes the Dodgers. He likes the Astros, and he likes the Yankees. Uh, before we let you go, have you had a chance to look at the lines for tomorrow's games in the AL? Yes, I have. Anything that's sticking out for you in the uh, you know the Astros Indians game or the Yankees Red Sox game that you might you might have your eye on? Well, whether whether I would bet it or not, I do have my eye on how low that over-under is in the Houston and Cleveland game. I mean, that's six runs. That is a, a National League ace versus ace 
line. American League to see a six, that's very, very, very low. And I absolutely get what they're saying. Corey Kluber is amazing. Justin Verlander is Justin Verlander. But I could not take I could not take a under six in an American League playoff game. I could not do it. I thought that was very, very interesting. Whether that means stay away or take the over, uh the six the six really, really sticks out to me. Um, as far as, as far as the Yankees and the Red Sox, I think these guys are going to mash the damn ball all over the ballpark. I really do. I, I, I would, I would be looking at the over or a no play. Which is funny, every under basically has come in so far in every playoff game except the Yankees game against the A's, which we said was what should have been an under game. So, I mean, to come out and be swinging on overs, probably not the smartest thing, but something's got to give. I like it. Let's ship some overs. That's the over over eight in the New York Yankees Boston. So uh, Mark in California, he likes the over in the Cleveland Houston, and he likes the over in Boston Yankees tomorrow night. Dude, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. We hope to have you back next week and every week throughout the rest of the Major League Baseball playoffs. It's been a pleasure. Oh, pleasure was all mine. Great to talk to you, man. Take care. Best of luck, you and everyone. All right, guys, we're super stoked about this interview this week. He's one of our favorite hosts from the Sports Gambling Podcast. Here's Colby Dance. All is now being recorded. What's up, guys? We are really excited to feature this week's guest. He is the college football expert from the Sports Gambling Podcast, which is one of the most popular sports betting podcasts on iTunes. And he hosts his own show called The College Experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We welcome to the Wager Pager podcast, Colby Dant, a.k.a. The Dantabase. How's it going? Yo, what's up, dude? It's kind of weird to have you come on without hearing that, like, trippy sound effect, but uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I, if, if, when you book me on something, trippy sound effects happen, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we might throw some in. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what we come <laughs> up with. Um, all right, for those of you who don't know, uh, Colby's on the the super popular sports gambling podcast. Let's just kick it off here and ask you uh, straight off the top, how did you first get involved with the sports gambling podcast? Uh, well, I am also, besides a, a handicapper and uh, someone that's been doing this my whole life, but I, I also do stand-up comedy. I've been doing stand-up comedy for whew, a long time, like 15 years probably. And Sean Green uh, is a guy who's, started the Sports Gambling Podcast. He's a buddy of mine for over a decade. We've been doing stand-up together. And he basically knew that I, I knew sports really well. Like I, in sixth grade, I got kicked out of school for running a book. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like that's a running theme with it a lot is, of our guests. Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, it kind of went hand in hand. And he knew I was a big – I mean, he handled a lot of pro football. But I, I my – passion is really in college football and college basketball so i uh he he asked me to write for him i started writing some stuff for him and then we got some good feedback and then from there i basically i basically said like dude we should be doing a podcast on this wow dude that's crazy yeah it's not surprising to find out you guys are comedians because the show is fucking hilarious um i think you guys have the perfect mix of like entertainment and like informational like like stuff about gambling and obviously you guys are hitting picks left and right especially you doing well this year um you mentioned you know you were doing pools in sixth grade and shit like that but 
when did you actually start gambling sports? And if if you want to fill us in and kind of let us peek behind the, the curtain real quick, what's your process for picking college football games? I'm a junkie. Like, uh, if anything, if, you were, if, if, if people knew probably the downfall of my entertainment career is probably the fact that I love sports so much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it, I, it's something simple like, I'd say much more than the average person. Like, I would record football and basketball games. So even on my Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, you know, I'm watching a tape game from Saturday or Sunday, you know? I mean, I played I played those yeah. sports, and I'm just, just a bit – I'm just a, a guy who spends way too much time watching sports, as you can probably ask my previous girlfriends about that. But, <laughs> but you know you know what I mean, though? It's like – but, I mean, I started gambling at a very young age. Uh, I mean, sixth grade, I got kicked out of school for running a book, but that was like, I think the person owed me like $35. It was nothing because back then money, you were in sixth grade, you know? So right. money's not money's not the same. But, I mean, I had an uncle that was a bookie. That helped probably. I'm the youngest <laughs> of, of, of a family of of, of, uh, of five, essentially. So all, all brothers, they're big in the sports. But actually throwing real money down, Probably 18 years old, 19 years old. Pinnacle sports, you know, like when, when those, when those, when the internet kind of revolutionized gambling and like, and so you could do it offshore, I was doing that. But definitely, uh, my, my way of picking games is just random. I mean, I watched pretty much about as much as I can possibly watch, which is, which is probably a pretty ridiculous amount of football and basketball. Um, so really, it comes from that, you know. I've been, I've been on the sports gambling podcast before. I did. I mean, I do my six pack on my show and on on the gambling podcast show. But I was writing that probably. I probably have five years of data on that, and I've never been below fifty percent. Not to say that I'm the greatest. I, I do think I'm. I, I'm knowledgeable, and I never am in the red. If that makes sense. Very cool. Very cool. So. uh from, just from listening to the show, it seems like you like attend a lot of games. Um, and also, like, how do you monitor games on a crazy college football Saturday slate? Like, what's your viewing methods? Well, first off, I, I am recording pretty much every game. <laughs> normally on a Saturday, I normally will have, you know, two or three TVs going, and then I also have the the iPad, the two iPads going. So I have at least. Four or five games on. Now, I, what I will say is I don't always pay close attention to one or two of those games, but like I said, normally I record almost every game so that on Monday, if I'm just, let's just say Monday, or I'm bored and I'm doing laundry, well, I'll have put two games on. So I'm watching the games while I'm doing work. You know what I mean? I didn't have this, I was doing this regardless. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like Sean from right. the, Sean, Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast will tell you that Kobe was doing this regardless anyway. Like, I was doing a spreadsheet handicapping all 130 teams before I even had the platform. That's crazy. Why don't you talk a little bit about that, what you guys do, with, uh, handicapping all 130 teams each week. And you put it out on your on your website, right, as a, as a spreadsheet? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it comes out of a spreadsheet every Friday. We'll drop it. Which, so, technically, we'll be covering all 130 teams because there's a Thursday game for the most part. But... Uh, it's trickier with football than basketball because football, we want people to listen to the podcast. So we can't just drop the, 
if I just dropped the sprints, you know, maybe no one would listen to the podcast. You know what I mean? And that's how we get paid. So I right, specifically, right. <laughs> I specifically wait till like Friday afternoon, hoping that they've downloaded the podcast and listened to the six pack and made their wagers, and then drop it. But we definitely do take pride on uh, on betting basically every single game we can get a line on. And uh, that's so cool, th- man. Same with college basketball. I don't know if you followed us last year for college basketball, but every day we update the sheet, and I'll handicap every single game that I see. I'll, I'll line them. Now I'll put I'll put an asterisk next to the ones that I have as my lock, but I'll, I'll try to my best to handicap every single game on the way that I see it. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. So that's a great, uh, great tool that you give out to the people to kind of check out that spreadsheet and stuff. But let me ask you, uh, for your pick, your official picks for the shows, the six pack and what and whatnot. Are you actually betting these games every week, or because we sometimes like we give out picks for the show and then like the line will change and I'm like ah, I don't know if I want to play it. You know what I mean? Like, how often are you actually throwing down on the official picks for the show? Uh, every single time. Uh, I'll say this, like, I'll say this, like, I normally, when I review, like, let's just take, it's normally around 10 or 11 games. When I, when I look at each week's lines, I'll normally take like a sheet of paper and I'll write down the ones that I like. And and normally it's like 10 or 11 games. The hardest part for me is turning that into six and ranking them in order. There's been, Mm. there's been a time, there's been a few times this year where, like, take, I think uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a losing record, but when I look at my sheet, I actually didn't have a losing record, but it was just I wrote down the wrong six, essentially, like in in the order. But right, those things those things happen. You know, you get a, you get bad breaks, but so normally I will I will write down ten to anywhere from like eight to depending on the week, eight to like twelve, whatever I I see that I like. But I'll bet all twelve of those. But for the six pack, yeah, every single time, I gotta you know. I got I, now what I now what I don't do is I don't parlay them. Yeah, I heard that. I heard you went six and nine. You've been crushing it all year in college so far, right? Yeah, for the most part. One week I had one week that I was pretty, uh, that I had a tough week, but every other week is in pretty pretty fire. Very cool, very cool. Um, okay, let's let's touch on something that you do on the college experience that I think is very cool, and I want all of our listeners to check out. Uh, every Monday, you put out the database top twenty-five. Tell us about that. How does that work, and how is it different from the normal top twenty-five? Uh, because it's honest, and I think you know, in college football and college basketball, there's this thing now that I think is kind of, it's kind of like a rigged election in a way. <laughs> and right, essentially, like I, I think preseason rankings are ridiculous. I've always thought that. And to me, they were kind of put in power. They were—I don't know, like the true motive behind it, but I think I don't—I can't say like, oh, well, they had a meeting and they did this, but I—I I, I do believe that they do that on purpose to keep the successful schools in the top 25. Like, right. like Texas being ranked above Maryland, even though they have the same record, and Maryland beat them. Someone explain that to me. That makes zero sense to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a joke. Uh, so, so what we do with the database top 25 is, is basically we do it, in my opinion, the way that they should always do it, and that is based on your resume. So, like a team like Alabama, and look, I think Alabama's a really good football team, but they've played absolutely no one. They never play away games, uh, out of conference away games, and 
right now, if you look at their resume, they don't belong in the top five, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Sure, they're blowing them out. They're blowing out every team. But we've but, never got – they haven't had a test yet. So how can you judge them? I, I, you know, like I I really feel like in college football and college basketball, road victories against, you know, the power five or just road victories in general really tell the tale of, 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 of if your team is good or not. Now, I know Bama went on the road to Ole Miss and destroyed them. Sure. But to me – Ole Miss isn't very good. And, like, just the whole resume, when you when you line up Alabama's resume against some other teams, you should not have Alabama higher, even though they've been blowing out every team. Very interesting. So where would you ha- where do you have them in the uh, the base this week? I believe I have them at six. Now, and a lot of that – and you could also argue that uh, that they could they, – I think, I think you could argue that they should be seventh or eighth also. But I, I, I've been really impressed. But at the same time, like in general, I have a whole problem, and I don't know if you if you if you follow our site all the time. I wrote a piece back in May about the SEC and how I think it's a very uh, rigged rigged game essentially because they play less. They only play eight conference games, and they generally never play on the road out of conference. They'll do a neutral site that's closer to their right. place than anywhere else, and I think it's a gigantic advantage. And another thing is, like I said, the eight conference games. I read something that I think it was. I think the two teams. Uh, I think the two teams they were talking about were Florida and Auburn. I could be mistaken, but I think they said they won't play each other until 2029. Boy. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And and you know, and you know what? I I actually watched the Mississippi State Florida game on replay today, right? They don't play again until, I think, 2026 or 27. So it's absolutely ridiculous. It's the only conference that does this. And it to me, it avoids – it's like look at Alabama's schedule right now. And, and look at it throughout the whole year. Even, yeah, they got to play at LSU and they got to play Auburn, two tough games. The rest we really don't know enough about Mississippi State, but we, I can tell you Tennessee is going to be garbage. So <laughs> – I mean, but the database, what, what, essentially what we do is we basically look at resume first and not name brand. And that, I think, is what everyone wants. I saw Joel Klatt, you know, who's an announcer, the former Colorado quarterback, post about how ridiculous he thinks the top 25 is. And, and it's like, yeah, and this is a prehistoric dinosaur that they need to change. They need to change it. They should look at the resume, caliber, ca- like, Great wins and also road victories shouldn't mean more than just beating Louisiana Lafayette by 60 points. Dude, very cool. They need to replace the official top 25 with the Danta base moving forward. We are going to be calling for that on the podcast weekly. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that, man. And, and you know, it's something that we're also going to do with basketball because even, like, plenty of examples are, like, you know, Duke's normally a great team, but – there are years where Duke has down years, and Duke will be in the top five, and you're, or the top, top five, top ten, and you're like, how is this team in the top five or top ten? You know what I mean? Like, they're strictly – it's almost like Notre Dame in football, too. Remember the tough years when Notre Dame had, like, Tyrone Willingham and, and Charlie Weiss? They would right. always get so much more love than than a team like Central Florida last year or a team like a couple of years ago when Colorado won the, uh, the, uh, the Pac-12 South and they played Washington. I mean, at one point, Colorado was like, I think, like, 
10 and 2 and their two losses were on the road to USC who was in the Rose Bowl that year and then Michigan who was really good and like and they were like barely cracking the top 25 and I'm like this is absurd this is absolutely absurd <laughs> like how does that happen but if Notre Dame went like if Notre Dame went like 7 and 5 they'd be like ranked number 9 and you're like how how the hell is that possible you know <laughs> so i guess this is what uh inspired you to do the Danta Base top 25 huh yeah i mean it's just not fair they're not they're, it's like it's like they. I don't know if they're just looking at recruiting rankings. I don't think. I personally don't think it's recruiting rankings. I think they look at name brand. I think about dollars that the schools generate, and I think that has a lot to do with it. But it's completely unfair. Completely unfair, and that's why I, it's a sham. I, I think the whole playoff system's a sham. The whole playoff system. I call it an invitational. You know, in my in, in my opinion, they've gotten it wrong every single year they've done it. And and I think this year I wouldn't be surprised if they get, if they get it wrong again. And to me, it's it's definitely just a pretty pathetic system. And I don't think as a society, like I see the commercials saying, like, oh, the college football playoff is coming in, in January. No, that's not a playoff. That's an invitational. It's a bunch of garbage. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, 100 percent, dude. It seems like mo- uh, mostly every year it's the same teams. And uh, I don't think unless they move it up to an 18 playoff, we'll ever see any new faces in there. Yeah, I mean, I'm pushing for 16. I have a pretty radical one where I think all 10 conference winners should go, and then the six best teams after that. But, but mm. in general, in general, no, eight, no. eight, eight would be better than four because to me, four. I mean, take a look at last year, and I'm not, I'm not. I, I know it sounds like I'm coming at the SEC, but I, 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 yeah. I mean, I think the SEC plays great football, but they also, they have a system set up better for them than any other conference. They play less conference games. They play less road games. And to me, it's just a gigantic advantage when it comes to college football. And my problem is is when you put a team like Alabama, basically they lost, and by default they made the playoffs. They didn't even, So they didn't have to play Georgia in the SEC championship, and they still put them in the playoffs. They did it with, they did it with Ohio State one year too. So I'm not just talking SEC, but they – it's just there's no logic to it. It's just so 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 basically, if you're undefeated and you're playing the last game of the year before your conference cha- championship, it almost makes more sense to lose the game because then you don't have to play a conference championship and they'll put you in the playoffs. So weird, dude. All right, guys, that's Col- that's Colby Dan at the Colby D calling for a Sweet 16 in college football. That leads me into my last question here before we let you go. We know you're a really busy man. Before we let you go out to uh, cruise the Santa Monica Strip and bar hop in Venice and all that, uh, let me just ask you one last thing. Since you are a basketball guy and a football guy, if you had to choose gun to head, what's a better experience for you, college football bowl season or NCAA March Madness? Uh, this is an easy. I know that I know you played it up, gun to gun to the head, but March Madness to have a much more honest system. Uh, it's just better to me. It's just college football. You know, Mike Leach talked about this recently, uh, maybe about a year and a half ago, saying he would love to see a field of sixty-four for college football, and, and everyone laughed at that. I don't think that's that ridiculous, but. But once again, like I said, it's just things like grandfathered in. But for me, I easily would take college basketball as a uh, I think college basketball has the best in all the sports, including NFL and NBA. College basketball, you know, the field of 68 that they have now, it's, it's the best It's the best postseason in any sport, in my opinion. 
All right, guys, that was Colby Dant, a.k.a. The Dantabase. He is the college football expert from the Sports Gambling Podcast, and he hosts his own show called The College Experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can follow him on Twitter at the Colby D. Thank you for having me, guys, and always a pleasure. Uh, best of luck on the games this weekend. Win some money, right? What's up, guys? We are on to college football week six, NFL week five. I can't believe we're here almost halfway through the college football season. And as usual, we welcome back into the studio former Marist college defensive back and current wager pager football betting analyst, my boy, Jimmy Dice Rowland. What's up, kid? You making some money, huh? What's up, buddy? Yeah, man, uh, life is right now going well for us uh, on the betting side. You know, I'm having some uh, good streaks, so uh, looking to continue that and uh, help uh, build my bankroll, and hopefully uh, if you follow me, build your bankroll as well. So uh, thanks for having me back, guys. Dude, you're way too humble, bro. You are crushing it right now. This guy's on a roll his last three weeks, making money, get pumped, get psyched. Yeah, man, I'm just, like I was telling you before, I'm just afraid of that, uh, that proverbial uh, down down week, you know, so I'm just trying to stay uh, stay steady, you know, keep that shit going straight, you know, and hopefully uh, no setbacks. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I've been uh, doing well. Uh, it's fun to be back in the game and uh, see if we can continue it, man. All right, let's do this. Let's uh, recap our picks from college football re- real quick from last week. I was 2-3 uh, and three on my picks last week in our nickel package. I had winners on San Jose State and Penn State, and that one was definitely sweated out. And I lost three times on Ole Miss, Pittsburgh, and Texas Tech. So for me, Chris, uh, you know, uh, I, I had a pretty good good day in college. Uh, my best bets was 3-2, and two, uh, hitting on uh, Army against Buffalo, hitting on Kentucky uh, against uh, South Carolina, and then also hitting up on that um, Virginia Tech against Duke. Unfortunately, um, that Stanford-Hunch game uh, was a loser, and uh, Oregon came to play against Cal, and uh, unfortunately uh, lost me on those plays. But I will say uh, that Money Dog winner in Florida paying me out 265 was kind of dice. Yeah, dude. So it pretty much uh, nullified those two losing bets. So yeah, so I'm looking at a, a pretty good day. So three and two on my best bets, and uh, I hit my. So, uh, was looking good in college. No doubt. That's why they call him the Dice Man. All right, let's let's roll right into uh, college football week six here. Since you're the hot man in the sports book, why don't you kick it off, brother? What's your first pick in our college football nickel package five best bets? All right, Chris. So for uh, game one of our uh, five pack uh, nickel package. I'm going to take Tulane, plus seven, going up against Cincy. Uh, right now, uh, I'm, I'm loving uh, the third-year coach, Willie Fritz, uh, steering that Tulane team uh, in the right direction right now. For Cincy, though, you know, they, they haven't really played any competition. Yeah, I know they're 4-0 right now, but they've played UCLA, who's pretty much in a rebuild. They suck. Miami, Ohio, Alabama, A&M, and Ohio, where you got Tulane opened up against Wake. They played UAB got smashed by Ohio State, and they pulled the upset against Memphis last week. So uh, Tulane's played a much better competition than Cincinnati, so I'm taking uh, Tulane plus seven. Dude, I love when this happens. I'm also on Tulane. Uh, This is my first pick in uh, nickel package, five best bets in college football. 
Definitely, dude. Plus seven. Uh, if you look on scoresandodds.com, yes, yeah, 74% of the money is on Tulane. Yikes, a little bit of a public dog there, which I usually try to avoid. But if you go over to our friends at actionnetwork.com, 36% of the tickets are written, but 68% of the money is on them, dude. That is a 35% differential. A lot of sharp money coming in on there. Like you said, Willie Fritz, third-year coach, and I freaking love Jonathan Banks, dude. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the country this year. Mobile, can throw, can run. And I just love that mascot that looks like the angry Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, yeah, I agree. So uh, let's let's book that ticket and uh, cash that winner on Saturday. What's your next pick? Nickel package, baby. So my next pick on the nickel package, I'm going to go with Kansas State getting four points against Baylor. Uh, I am not sold on Baylor. I know they're an up-and-coming team right now, uh, but you got Coach Snyder uh, with Kansas State. Uh, right now, they have back-to-back wins against Baylor. Uh, Matt Rule, uh, who's the coach for Baylor, is right now exceeding expectations, so I think uh, they're going to be on a downturn. Um, Alex Burns, who had 4TD, uh, who's uh, the running back for Kansas State, uh, when they were in Baylor two years ago, he had four rushing TDs against them. So I'm looking for a big bounce-back game from him. And right now, uh, ATS uh, for the home team is 1-5. So I'm really loving that. And the fact that Baylor's QB, Charlie uh, Brewer, and running back, um, love it, are both questionable for this game. And they're one of their starting offensive linemen is out. So um, I like uh, Coach Snyder, you know, keeping his uh, Kansas State uh, Wildcats uh, in this and uh, potentially pulling an upset, but I'll take the four points. Jimmy Dice ruling. Call this man Jacques Cousteau on the deep dive for college football. No wonder this man is crushing it every week. This is where you get the stats from. Love it, dude. I'm going to have to tell you on that play. Let me move on to – my uh, second pick here in the nickel package, pick number two. I'm going with Maryland Terrapins, plus 17 and a half. It's a 12 p.m. Saturday kick in the big house going up against Michigan. Yes, Michigan is uh, doing pretty well this year. But if you check out on ActionNetwork.com, friends of the podcast, 46% of the tickets have been written. On Maryland, but 65% of the money is coming in on the Terrapins. That's a 19% differential. Maryland's been playing tough all year. I just think Michigan's due for a letdown, and it's too many points, especially with the hook added on a key number of 17. Yeah, dude, I I agree with you with that. Uh, I looked at that game. Uh, I initially thought that, uh, what is it, 17, I think? 17 and a half right now on FanDuel. When I saw that, I just thought that was too many points for Michigan. Uh, I mean, I think Michigan will win that. But like you said, uh, Maryland's going to play tough, keep that close. And uh, and typically Michigan doesn't cover those uh, big spreads. So uh, I think that's going to be a good play. So nice job. All right, baby. What, what are you looking at? All right, now for uh, game three for the nickel package, I'm actually going to stay in Texas and uh, pick a big marquee game, the big – uh, Red River showdown with uh, Texas and Oklahoma. I am going to take those seven the points. The Red River shootout, baby. Red yeah, baby. Shootout. Hey, 
it's not called a shootout anymore because they don't want to promote gun violence. But anyways, yeah, too problematic. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I will take those seven points mainly for the fact that uh, Oklahoma. Uh, I know they are undefeated right now, but uh, they have been kind of faltering, uh, not really crushing teams like they did the first two weeks. Uh, Texas had that stumble right out the gates uh, against Maryland. But since then, you know, they played Tulsa, USC, TCU, and Kansas State, and they have been uh, winning um, outright. So they've been doing real well with that. Right now the underdog uh, is 5-0 and uh, in this series, the last five. And uh, they're all – and Texas is also 4-0-1 and uh, the last ATS games in October. So, and just for the fact that these games are typically won uh, by Oklahoma within like five or six points, uh, I'm just going to take those seven points. I just think it's a little too much for a Texas team that's uh, a program that's back on top and Oklahoma who's kind of coasting right now. So uh, I'll take those seven points, Chris. Dude, I love it. I'm definitely telling you on that play, you know, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey will be out there right on, right on. Texas Longhorns, dude. All right, my uh, my third pick here in the nickel package of our five best bets in college football. It's a Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. kickoff. You know I always got to get one of these primetime games in my package. Mississippi State. I'm taking Mississippi State plus four, home dog, at home versus Auburn. If you check out scores and odds, Auburn has 64% of the money. It's a contrarian play. 36% of the money coming in on Mississippi State. ActionNetwork.com, 35% of the tickets written, but 49% of the money. That's a 14% differential. I'm going to side with the Sharpies over here and take Mississippi State. I love QB Nick Fitzgerald. This kid's been playing great all year. The cowbells will be out ringing. Starkville is a tough place to play. They actually... Some people around there call it Stark Vegas because it's such a crazy atmosphere. So I'm going Mississippi State plus four. Situational play. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, I think that's a good play, Chris. That was actually a border uh, best bet for me. So I will uh, definitely be telling you on that since that is your best bet. And I was uh, high on that game as well. So uh, let's go uh, Bulldogs. For uh, for fourth play on the nickel package, uh, I am going to go with VaTech again this week against Notre Dame. I love that fucking play. So sorry, sorry. Go ahead. So I'm going to go with VaTech against Notre Dame in Blacksburg. You know, uh, it's going to be crazy. You know, uh, this is the first time Notre Dame has ever played at Virginia Tech. You know, to be a home dog, you know, getting seven points. Uh, and Virginia Tech, man, they come to play, especially when they're at home. So I, I just think that's going to be way too much for um, Notre Dame to uh, overcome. You know, you got Justin Fuente. He's a third-year coach down there. Right now his record at home is 12 uh, – excuse me, is 10-2. and two. Uh, They are currently right now 6-1 and one ATS at home versus winning teams. And right now they have been off – the last two games were road games. So they were looking forward to this homecoming uh, game. It's not a homecoming game for them, but just coming home and uh, taking on a top 10 uh, Notre Dame team that might be uh, due for a letdown after last week's uh, big win against Stanford. So I'm going to take those seven points at home and look for uh, potentially Notre Dame uh, getting bumped out of uh, the top 10. So uh, what you got for your fourth play, Chris? 
No, I like that, dude. I like that. Um, Virginia Tech, always a tough place to play when they start pumping out that Enter Sandman intro music. You never know what can happen, man, especially with their rough start. They're probably looking at this game as uh, kind of like their Super Bowl of the season. So, yeah, I like that, dude. All right, my fourth play here on the nickel package, college football, five best bets. I'm going with a home dog. I'm betting against a big-time fucking team like I always do. Wake Forest plus 20 at home versus Clemson. It's a 3.30 p.m. Saturday kick. If you look on scoresandodds.com, Clemson's getting 80% of the money. That's just a red flag right there. Only 20% of the money coming in on Wake Forest. I'm going to play contrarian as usual. If you check out our boys over at actionnetwork.com, still 64% of the tickets being written for for, uh, Wake Forest, but 75% of the money, 11% differential. I love this. Uh, I love this true freshman QB, Sam Hartman. He's been playing well all year, and I have a sneaky suspicion that Clemson might come out a little sleepy in this slot because they're used to playing primetime games, and this is a 3:30 p.m. afternoon kick. Nah, man, uh, that should be a good one. But uh, you know me, uh, top teams. You know, until they uh, they lose, I'm not gonna bet against them. So, uh, but I know you. You love going up against those marquee teams and and taking those points. So, uh, good luck with that. All right, Chris, uh, for my uh, fifth and last play for the nickel package, I'm going to take ASU Sun Devils getting three points against Colorado. Um, Colorado is um, doing well this year, but right now I don't think that their uh, schedule has really shown how average a team this team really is. You know, Chris, Colorado has only played UCLA. Again, we've talked about how they just suck this year. Uh, Nebraska, I mean, you know, Scott Frost might get fired after this year in Colorado State, um, and they're 0-4 ATS against winning teams. So I really don't think Colorado has played any great competition where, you know, ASU has played some uh, tough teams. So, And right now uh, in this series, ASU versus Colorado, uh, ASU is 7-1 and straight up, 7-2 and against the ATS. And with their favorites, uh, the favorite is eight and one ATS, but ASU was favored in seven of those games, which they won. So um, I'll take uh, Herm Edwards in the three points, um, riding this ship in this program in the right direction, and potentially uh, pulling up an upset in Colorado. My guy, I think that's the third time this week that. You're picking a play for your best bets that just missed my list. So I, I think we can have a, a good time this week just following each other's plays, man. All right, dude, my last play here, pick number five in the college football nickel package. It is a 10 p.m. Pac-12 after dark game. I'm going with a road favorite, something I barely ever do, but I really like California, Cal Bears against Arizona. Arizona just looked like dog shit all year. Um... That's why I'm, not, I'm I'm willing to go against them, even though Cal is a public dog. They are receiving 80% of the money. This is just one of those hunch plays that I got. It's minus two and a half, a field goal, playing a, a shitty team. Kevin Sumlin is a very subpar coach the last couple years. Give me the Cal Golden Bears, minus two and a half. Hey, Chris, you know what? This was also a leaner for me that was potentially going to be a best bet. Uh, but my main reason was, like you just said, I'm not a fan of favorites, especially on the road. Uh, but I will be playing this game since this is one of your best bets. But everything you said, you know, Sumlin, I don't think he's really that great of a coach. 
you know, Arizona program unfortunately has just faltered this year. Uh, and, you know, Cal uh, had that upset, you know, bad loss uh, last week against Oregon. So I see this being a good bounce back game for Cal. So uh, I'll be writing that ticket with you, buddy. No doubt. Let's take it to the window. All right. What do you got for college? You got a, a money line, an outright money line underdog winner for me? So I do, uh, Chris. Uh, I think you might uh, have mentioned it before, but I'm not sure. Uh, but I'm going to take Kentucky Wildcats on the road at College Station in Texas A&M, getting five and a half points. Uh, it might be around five, five and a half, but um, I just think Kentucky's hot right now. Uh, I know uh, Texas A&M has played Alabama and Clemson, um, but they're not really beating teams by a lot. Kentucky has, you know, their Heisman candidate uh, running back. Uh, they'll steal, uh running wild on teams. So uh, I know this is an away game for them, and their last three games were at home. Uh, but I just have a feeling that, uh, you know, Kentucky is going to keep their uh, Cinderella season alive and, uh, you know, just uh, beat Jimbo Fisher uh, at home. So uh, I like uh, Kentucky right now getting uh, five and a half points. Uh, but I'm going to put my money on that money line, baby. Let me uh, finish off. I got a money dog that's in the similar uh, similar area in terms of pricing. My outright underdog money line winner this week is going to be Boston College. It's a uh, 12.30 p.m. pick on Saturday. They're at plus 180 on the comeback. They're playing NC State. Boston College been tough all year. Another hunch play. Love it. Plus 180, almost 2-1 to one on the comeback. Give me the Boston College Eagles. Wow, dude. I didn't even realize that NC State was undefeated until uh, you just mentioned that. So, uh, but yeah, no, BC's been strong, you know, and they play teams tough. So, uh, you know, that's uh, an interesting play. I didn't even look at that game. So, uh, yeah, I think NC State is uh, due for a letdown there, a little bit of a letdown spot. Yeah, I agree. All right, guys, we're moving on to our NFL segment here, Four Down Territory. Let's real, real quick recap what happened last week. I didn't have the best week in the NFL. I went uh, two and two with my four best bets. I won with the Bears, won with Cincinnati Bengals, but I lost on the hometown squads, the New York Jets and the New York Giants, and was a money line dog loser on Monday night with the Broncos. Wow. <laughs> How'd you do, brother? I actually uh, did pretty well. I actually initially thought uh, last week's um, chalk was uh, all crap, but. Uh, I actually did well. I was 3-1 and one with my best bets. Hit on uh, Detroit. Uh, hit on Oakland. Uh, lost on Chicago. But um, I know last week I told you I was kind of iffy on that. But anyways, uh, I did hit on that KC because I waited for that line to move. And I got it at 3.5. So I actually uh, ended up winning that game. So uh, I was 3-1. and one. Unfortunately, uh, my money dog did not win. The G-men got shelled, uh, but it's a win-win for me anyways because whenever the G-men lose and the Cowboys win, it's all good in my book. And now we're entering into four-down territory where the guys make their four best NFL bets. Not just the guys. You too, babe. <laughs> this is going to be Mercedes' first official week picking games. Her uh, semi-pro handicapping career is launching right now. Yep. Why don't you kick it off? Well, I got to say, this is fun stuff. No wonder you guys do this every week. Um, all right, guys. So I guess I will kick it off. So so for my first down, I'm going 
Miami Dolphins plus six. So 35% of the tickets are on Miami, but what's interesting uh, on Action Network, 54% of the money is on Miami. Uh, I'm going to be on the side of the Sharpies on this one and go Miami plus six, and it actually opened at five and a half. Damn, Mercedes <laughs> coming out the bait. Damn, Mercedes coming out the gate with the Dolphins. Let's go. Love it. Contrarian. Let's do it. You know what, Mercedes? I'm actually on that. That is actually also one of my best bets. Uh, I'm liking Miami uh, for all the same things that you saw. Uh, but pretty much, I just think Cincy, uh, they're, they did well. Like I always said, they start the year off hot. Um, but I think Joe Mixon is still banked up, not even sure if he's going to play. Uh, Andy Dalton's Andy Dalton. Um, but I think that uh, anyone that plays New England uh, is due for, uh, you know, coming down to earth. So I think that people were kind of skittish on Miami, and last week's loss against New England is the reason why this is almost a, a touchdown um, spot. So I just think six and a half is way too many points for uh, Cincy to cover against uh, a pretty good uh, Miami squad. So uh, I'll ride that ticket with you. Nice. Chris, what about you? <laughs> Getting on this Miami train, dude. I'm. I gotta tell you, I'm feeling verklempt. <laughs> uh, I'm overwhelmed. Am I really doing a sports gambling podcast <laughs> with my best friend and my girlfriend from a closet? Can life get any fucking better than this? It is hot in here. I gotta say though. <laughs> wow. All right. This is great. All right. Let's uh, go. Let's go. First down. We're in four down territory. NFL four best bets. I'm going to kick it off here. I'm coming right out the gate. I can't wait to talk about this. Even though it's the Monday night football game, it's going to be my first pick here on four down territory. I love the Washington Redskins plus seven versus the Saints. Yeah, everyone th yeah, everyone thinks the Saints are, are riding high now because they beat the Giants. Like, yeah, whatever. I'm a Giants fan. I can admit it. They're not looking good right now. If you check out scoresandodds.com, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a public dog because 68% of the money is there. Mm -hmm. But that's not going to scare me away because if you go over to our boys at actionnetwork.com, only 46% of the tickets are written for Washington, but 69% of the money is coming in. That yeah. is razor sharp action, a 23% differential. Give me the Washington football team. I, I like the fact that they're coming off a bye, so they'd have two weeks to prepare uh, for the high-flying uh, Camara, Michael Thomas, Drew Brees. So uh, I think that's a good ticket for uh, for me to jump on. Nice. No doubt, no doubt. Second down, Mercedes, what are you looking at? All right, guys. Um, you know, I'm going to go Carolina Panthers on this. And here, okay, hear me out. The Giants just suck, <laughs> like so bad. And I should really go Giants to go contrarian, but honestly, I just cannot. Wow. So I'm going to go Panthers minus the points, six and a half. Uh, the line opened at minus seven, so. Wow. The disrespect. I'm sorry. I just, my own I girlfriend cannot. comes out against my own squad. I'm sorry. I just, I for years, I just <laughs> cannot do Eli. He just, he just, it's frustrating to watch the Giants. So I'm going Panthers minus six and a half. That line could be minus 10 and they still cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Enough with the Giants hate. Yeah, uh, yeah. What do you got, Dice? What's uh? What do you got for second down? Yeah, for my second down, I'm going to go with uh, a team that I think uh, is actually going to be my money dog as well this week. So I'm going to start on my second down. 
I'm going to take Oakland. Yep. Oakland getting five and a half points uh, against the L.A. Chargers. And right now, uh, I think Oakland is going to win that. So I'll take the points, and I'm also going to put a, a ticket on that money line. Uh, right now, Oakland had played the L.A. Rams, who they were in that game until the second half. They Denver needed to come back at home against Oakland to barely win that game. Then Miami had to come back against Oakland, and then Oakland had that crazy comeback uh, win in overtime against Cleveland, where you got the L.A. Chargers playing Kansas City, Buffalo, the Rams, and 49ers. And they barely beat the 49ers without Jimmy G. So give me the five and a half points. I will take that money, and I'll take that money line as well. I believe the money line is about 155, 160, so uh, I'll be playing both those tickets. Chris, what are you feeling for your second? All right, second down here. I'm going to consider it second and long since I didn't have the best week last week. Uh, I'm going with Detroit. It's a 1 p.m. Sunday kickoff. I don't care what anyone says. Aaron Rodgers is just not the same. He's uh, maybe hiding that injury well, but he has not looked the same since that week one um, thrilling second-half comeback versus the Bears. If you check out scoresandnods.com, Detroit is getting only 31% of the action, so it's a textbook contrarian play to buck that trend. Actionnetwork.com, 33% of the tickets are written for Detroit, but 54% of the money, my man. That's 21% differential. Big-time whales coming in on that play. Aaron Rodgers on 75% is better than 75% of the QBs in the league. So it's like, yeah, he's been okay. But I think this is a, you know, a tough divisional game. Detroit at home. I like the Lions. And for my third down, Chris, I'm going to have to tell you on that Detroit Lions play. Uh, I just love this play. You know, Aaron Rodgers is definitely injured. Um, I mean, he's been playing great. But he is flying high from last week's game of 22-0 and when he kicked the Bills' ass last week. So I think it's time to bring Rodgers down. I don't know. I mean, I love him so much, Chris. I'm always rooting for your cousin. But I'm going to take the Lions on this one. <laughs> there you go. You made up for that last pick, going against the Giants. <laughs> For me, I, I'm going to stay away from that game. Uh, I, I don't want to bet against Aaron Rodgers in the divisional game. So, and uh, but you know, I, I can see uh, Matt Stafford uh, probably squeaking that out with a, a last possession uh, field goal or something. So, good luck, guys. So, for my third down play, I am going to go with the hot team, Kansas City, at home at Arrowhead minus three. The Jaguars, I understand, you know. Um, have a great defense. Everyone's like, oh, what's Mahomes going to do against a good defense? Uh, well, you saw the magic he did on Monday night against the Broncos. Uh, I know the Broncos don't have a great defense, but still everyone's saying, well, they, what's he going to do? Interesting. Hard to argue against Pat Mahomes. I mean, he's throwing the ball with his right and left hand. All right, Chris, what's your third down? All right, guys, my third down play here in four down territory, our four best picks, our four best bets in the NFL. I've been riding this dog train all year long. They've been good to me. They've been bad to me. But I'm not going to leave them alone. I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals plus four Ugh. on the road versus the San Francisco 49ers. Right on. Yeah, no, as I was saying, Arizona plus four. It's a 425 p.m. afternoon slate. Always like to have some action in the afternoon slate. 
scoresandodds.com. 66% of the money is coming in right. on the Cardinals. So it is a little bit of a public dog. You know, sometimes that normally would scare me off. But if you check out on Action Network, 65% of the tickets are being written for the Cardinals. But 80% of the money coming in, that's a 15% differential. Like we always point out, that it that is an indicator of sharp money coming in on the Arizona Cardinals. And I would like to point out that the Arizona Cardinals have played four of the top defenses in the NFL so far. They've had a really rough schedule going against defenses. And now they have a little bit of a letdown this week versus the 49ers, not exactly world beaters on that side of the ball. So I'm taking the Cardinals plus four. Well, actually, you know what? I'm actually, Chris, I am riding with you on that Arizona picks. Uh, but I like AZ plus four against uh, a divisional game. No Jimmy G, no running game with McKinnon out. Both those guys are out. So pretty much who would have thought that Arizona had the edge on offense in this game. And I just think the fact that it's a divisional game, you know, uh, for your second stringers to pretty much um, be in there. I, I like Arizona getting those four points uh, in a tough-fought um, game. So uh, I'll ride with you on that game, Chris. Love it. Love it. All right, Mercedes, fourth down. Are you right. going for it? I'm going for it. I'm going for it. We're going to go with uh, our 18-year-old dog, Tyrone's yes. favorite team. He's always liked the Cleveland Browns. So I'm going Cleveland Browns. The majority of the money, 77%, is on Baltimore. So, of course, I'm going contrarian. I'm going to go Cleveland plus three for my pick. The spread actually opened at plus one, but it moved to plus three. So I'm liking it. I'm going for it. Going on it, fourth down. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> There's actually a, a dog in Cleveland called Barker Mayfield. So, wow. Goes with the dog theme. I like that play, I'm babe. Into it. Yeah. Might have to tell you on yeah. that. So, Chris, since I gave my fourth down play ready with AZ telling you, uh, what's your uh, fourth and uh, fourth and goal? <laughs> All right, baby, fourth and goal, fourth down territory. I'm going to do something else that I don't normally do. I'm going to take a favorite. Ugh, what? I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Minus three at home versus the Atlanta Falcons. So you got the Falcons coming from the Dome team with artificial turf, coming into natural grass, playing at Heinz Field. Going to slow down that offense right away. 49% of the tickets are written, according to ActionNetwork.com, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but 67% of the money is coming in on the Steel City. That's an 18% differential. I know there's been a lot of turmoil with the Steelers so far this season. You know, Le'Veon Bell, turns out he's not, not showing up. Uh, Connor's been doing really well in, in his place. You know, Antonio Brown unhappy this and that talking shit on twitter there has to be a point where this team just gets it together i mean it's the pittsburgh fucking steelers man are they going to be a shit show all year long i don't think so i think this is the week they turn it around give me the steelers minus three we're going with uh the big big ben and, and antonio brown you know uh, my whole my only thing chris with that is i, I like that initially but I think the turmoil is just too toxic right now. You know, does Tomlin have that locker room? Do people still want to play for him? You know, and I, I think uh, the fact that the whole Avion Bell issue is still uh, stinking up the whole joint is uh, 
is more of an issue than they'd like to admit. So I think uh, Steelers handled it wrong, and I think they're paying the price for it, in my opinion. All right, guys, so time for our Moneyline picks. So, Rulin, you already said yours, right, with Oakland Raiders? Yep. All right. So I guess it's me. All right, babe. Who are you going for? All right, my Moneyline pick and Rulin, I think you went Kansas City on this one. But I'm going Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh-oh. Yep. So the Jaguars beat the Patriots in week two, 31 to 20. Last week they beat the Jets 31 to 12. This week they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, right? So, and listen, I love the Chiefs. Call me crazy to go against Patrick Mahomes. That's your boy. He's my boy. He's my quarterback quarterback. on my fantasy squad. (laughs) And I hate going, you know, against him on one side and going for him on the other side. But I feel like Kansas City might drop the ball on this one. So uh, they're also, they're plus 120 on the money line. So let's go Jags. Wow, that's a tough, that's a, that's a, that's a, Ballsy play in Arrowhead. I know. I know. I know. Ballsy. Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> defending AFC uh, South champions. They went to the <laughs> AFC championship game last week. Here, what, I'm defending my girlfriend's honor and her picks. <laughs> this is getting stupid. All right. No, I mean, I, I like I said, if, if, if the first team that he's going to falter against, it w- would make sense. One of the best defensive teams in the league. So, uh, I just think that's a lot considering going into uh, Arrowhead, you know. Um, but, yeah, good luck. You know, uh, yeah. one of us will be catching a winning ticket. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking about that next week. Yeah, maybe I'll be 5-0 and next week, this week for my fantasy squad. Damn. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. All right, guys, let's finish up this NFL segment here this week with my outright money line underdog winner, I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings, man. Plus 142 on the road in Philly. Is Carson Wentz at full speed? I don't think so. They're running limited sets. Do the Minnesota do the Minnesota Vikings have a major revenge factor after they missed the Super Bowl last year? Yes, they do. This is a revenge factor spot plus 142. It's as simple as that. I'm taking the Vikings on the road versus the Eagles. It's an afternoon slate game. Bank it. I like that mentality. You know, just like how the Jags beat up on uh, New England this year. You know, they thought they should have been in the Super Bowl, so that's a good point. Uh, they circled this game beginning of the season, so uh, I'll probably tell you on that. No doubt, no doubt. All right, guys, that's it for NFL Week 5. Uh, four down territory, our four best bets, including the lovely Mercedes Barba at Mercedes Bianca on Twitter. <laughs> we want to thank, as usual, my partner in picks, former Marist College defensive back Jimmy Dice Rulin. This kid is on fire. You better follow him on Twitter at James Rulin. <laughs> or did you change it? <laughs> no, we did not change it. It's going to be James Rulin at Twitter, whatever it is in the Twitter world. <laughs> You can follow him on Twitter, at James Rulin. You better do so to get all the added plays. You can also follow us at the Wager Patriot for any additional plays. It's always recommended. What do you think, brother? We're ha- we're almost halfway through the college football season and about a third of the way through NFL. Can you believe it? We're still doing this. We haven't lost all of our money, and we have a sports gambling <laughs> podcast. And we have Mercedes taking plays publicly on 
our podcast. So uh, things must be going crazy right now. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me on. That was fun. All right, guys. So good luck this weekend. We'll touch base next week. All right, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Uh, enjoy the enjoy the week, and uh, let's make that bank uh, this weekend. Get pumped, get psyched. Let's go. All right, guys. That's it for episode nine. And as usual, good luck, happy handicapping, and may the gambling gods look gracefully down upon you. <laughs> and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a review. And please tell all your friends about us and tell them to subscribe. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wager Pager. Also, if you or a loved one has a gambling addiction, don't be scared to seek help. You can contact the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. They're open 24 hours a day, and all calls and texts are confidential. Get pumped, get psyched. It's the Wager Pager Podcast. Here we go. See you guys. Later. The Wager Pager Podcast is co-hosted and co-produced by Chris Rogers and Mercedes Barba. Edited by Mercedes Barba. Created by Chris Rogers. Additional analysis provided by Jim Ruland. Music by The Morose Project, produced and written at San Francisco Music Studios. Logo designed by John Carbonella.